Hello and welcome to another edition of the Coach Marky Manila podcast. I am Coach Marky Manila from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. Today I'm going to be changing subject a little bit away from IELTS. We've been doing a lot of that recently and I'm trying to give a balance of a variety of things to help all of you no matter what you're trying to achieve. But one of the subjects that comes up a lot is how do you help your child to increase their English or to learn English as a second language, or perhaps even more challenging if you have a youngster in your life who has attention deficit disorder or the ADHD. Um, this can be a particularly um, difficult time for you because as a parent, you want your child to do exceptionally well at school, and I'm sure your child does too, but often we find that the young people with these conditions struggle um, simply because the way that things are set up to learn in their standard classrooms just doesn't really work exceptionally well for their learning style and what they need. And I myself understand uh, traits of this as well. I myself struggle from aspects of this too in my life. Um, and as many of you are aware, I speak quite openly these days about mental health challenges and uh, neuro atypical behaviors. So if we say something's atypical, it means it's not standard as in like the average mainstream. But just because we're not neurotypical doesn't mean that we can't be highly successful or productive. It just needs an understanding of how you need to run your particular brain, or in your case, if you're a parent, how to help your child operate their brain to get the best possible performance out of their lives. Now, um, if you're an adult listening to this and you feel like myself, um, that you are struggling with ADHD, um, or have traits of that, then don't run away because even though I'm going to be speaking specifically about younger students right now, um, I will be including in here obviously some bits of information that apply to you no matter what age you are. Also, um, bear in mind that I'm not an expert in these matters. So if you do feel uh, that there is a big issue with your young person, or yourself and it's causing a significant problem in your lives then do go seek some medical advice and try to get an expert opinion on this to find out what really is going on and many times ADHD can also uh, co-present uh, we say it's a comorbid uh, situation it sounds awful but with other um, sort of neurological uh, situations and there may be other things going on in my particular case um, my um, I suppose my challenges relate to mainly the post-traumatic stress disorder that I suffer, um, which means that these days my brain is struggling a little bit, shall we say, um, and is developing some ADHD-type tendencies. Um, so there's a bigger challenge on the focus side of things and also um, just being able to either break off from certain tasks. So often um, I personally will find that I can get absolutely stuck in one particular task for a long period of time. And that's called hyperfocus. Now, when you get into hyperfocus, you really are just so laser focused, like nothing else will get in the way. I mean, I can sit for, yeah. 13 hours non-stop pretty much. Yes, even forgetting the toilet breaks and things like that, it can happen. Um, you completely forget to eat, um, sometimes even to sleep. If you're tired, you don't pick up your own internal cues if it gets really uh, flaring up and out of hand. Um, and that can be a challenge to actually pull yourself away from what you're doing. Um, and of course, if you, you are on your own, I, I live alone, and that is a bigger problem. If you're with other people, then they can perhaps nicely you know, point out and say, hey, do you want to come and take a break? Or you know, let's go outside, you can come back to that later and try to break your way. 
But uh, if you are on your own, you have no such uh, other sort of distraction. And when you're hyper-focusing, nothing will get in your way. You literally are on it. The problem with hyper-focus is that you can then end up, as I find, burning yourself out. Um, so you overdo it. You don't realize you're getting overly tired. You can get very sick. Um, you can literally physically, you know, your, your physical health um, suffers as well. So it's, it's important for us to understand that whilst ADHD is sort of thrown around in a loose term these days, and most people mistakenly think it's all about being hyperactive and just bouncing around all over, which is so out of date, it's ridiculous, this sort of this stereotype here. Um, there are many uh, ways that ADHD does appear in different individuals, um, and it can also mean being sat still solid hours on end too, hyper-focused. And you may wonder how come is it that your youngster in your life can be very focused on some things and totally pay no attention or bored to death within seconds with something else. Well, we're going to discuss what that is and how that happens. Also, hyper-focus is a big part in why they're engrossed in certain things. It's all down to the dopamine um, in the brain. Now, dopamine is a chemical that gives you that nice reward. When you do something good, when you have something exciting happen in your life and you want to go do it again and again and again and again, the dopamine is that hit, that rush, um, sometimes accompanied with adrenaline as well. So uh, for me, if I, um, in the past, if I undertook extreme sports or did a lot of extreme exercise, um, that would give me that adrenaline and dopamine rush that my brain needed to be able to focus and operate just like a standard person's brain. Um, now, you know, this is the problem because after a period of many, many years, because it's to do with the trauma that I've encountered, so it means that my brain pretty much does not produce hormones in the right way anymore. It's kind of burnt itself out. So you need more and more and more of this just to get the same results. Um, and then, of course, you hit rock bottom when you try these things and they're not working anymore. That's when you could run into significant issues. So if you are an adult dealing with this or a young person listening dealing with this or a parent of a young person or a young adult here, I totally understand what this is like. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. So um, please rest assured that I know that it is no laughing matter. Now, let's just talk a little bit more about um, ADHD firstly. And remember, I'm talking about youngsters here or young people and how to help students with ADHD uh, learn English as a second language. So if you're a parent, this would be helpful. But again, if you're an adult, this may assist you too. So often you'll find that many times if you're trying to work with a tutor who has no experience of working with ADHD students or doesn't have ADHD themselves, then it will be a problem. And this is why I feel that I can really help many students in the past who came to me, diagnosed or undiagnosed, um, just to keep the lessons very dynamic and fast paced and um, to keep the attention span and the dopamine high. But of course, if we don't have that um, fortunate occurrence where the teachers who are teaching our young children or um, young adults this, they, they misunderstand completely. And in many ways, your child will just be one of many children in the class that need the time and attention of the teacher. And it's a tough one, really. Um, I would say that it's never been tougher, perhaps, for people with ADHD because there's just so many constant distractions online and offline. You know, um, if you've got a phone and it's, it's spewing out information and there's the laptop and then there's, you know, there's just so much that's going on, really, for, for everybody. Um, now, what I would say here is that it's important. It really is important for you to understand that your youngster is not doing this on purpose. Right. Really important. And if you're a teacher listening to this, please, please try to research a little bit more about ADHD if you don't have much experience, because 
oftentimes these students are highly intelligent, smart students, um, but their way of learning and our need of actually understanding how we need to learn is slightly different from the average. Now, from a very personal experience, um, children in some countries are much, like, much less likely to get a formal diagnosis than in other countries, all right? Um, it can be hard even to trying to get access, to be fair. Um, for example, um, here in the Philippines, it is a bit difficult um, to get the support that's required. Not always, but of course you do have to pay and it does cost a lot of money, even though it's the Philippines. Um, I would also say that even when students have got a diagnosis, often it can be misunderstood. Um, there's, you know, ADHD is, is, is more than just this lack of focus and bouncing around. It's not a disorder that needs to be corrected as well. I would highly argue against that. In fact, I would say that people with ADHD are highly successful individuals if they're able to manage their condition in the right way and be in the right environment. And um, without that, it's likely that, yes, it can lead to all sorts of very difficult functioning problems. But that's society's problem, partly not the individual. And this is very much why I speak out about this. Um, and it gets misunderstood. You see behaviours get misunderstood, just like mental health uh, behaviours get misunderstood. And before you know it, if you're working with the wrong people, you've got a toxic boss or a partner or a parent who doesn't understand, it can be a problem. Um, now, we need to understand that um, ADHD can be diagnosed at any time. Hey, hello, myself. Um, I mean, there are people who literally are the ages of 30s and 40s and 50s and then are getting diagnosed for the first time, right? Because we know far more about it now. Um, what I would say is that there's a difference in the way that the brain processes that chemical dopamine, right? That leads to these cognitive differences. So as I said earlier, not everybody's hyperactive. Um, there's things such as impulsivity, um, difficulties falling asleep, uh, that's a hard one, staying asleep, extreme emotions, daydreaming, procrastinating, hyperfocus, as I mentioned earlier, and difficulties keeping friends are some of the other possible things that can turn up, right? So you need to be aware that it's not all about bouncing around and being talkative, talkative. Um, I would say, and I mean, many others do agree on this, ADHD can really help with the hyperfocus on really, really the stuff that interests them. Um, so if you think of uh, famous people, Adam Levine, right, okay, famous singer from Maroon 5, great artist, right, amazing guy, has ADHD, right, okay, it might surprise you about that. Um, it's, there's many, many more, okay, out there like that, that's the point, there's many of us out there. Um, and if we are in the right thing, we pick the right job, then we can fulfill our potential. And it's important for you as a parent of a youngster to try to help them find what's going to work for them and give them an outlet for how this works best for them okay it's not your child being awkward it's not your youngster being whatever and it's not you being funny or awkward if it's you personally okay um it's really our job to help all of these people no matter who you are and what you are to get where you should be okay and um, in a way adhd can't and shouldn't be cured in my opinion um, it's not our mission to be changed or to change people, frankly. Um, as ev everything, if you're teaching a child with ADHD or a young person or adult, it's to relate to your student as a person and find how you can guide them to the learning process. That's what I do in, with my students. And as a parent, it's no different. Okay? It's not about curing them or fixing them. 
Um, it's a part of who this person is, and we need to respect that and embrace it and see it for the good and the positive qualities that it can bring, as I've mentioned earlier. Okay, so the main thing is to obviously ensure you know what triggers your student to feel overwhelmed and stressed. I wish somebody had helped me with this a long time ago. Okay, um, these are the things that, quite frankly speaking, make a huge difference. And then it helps you become more flexible in what strategies you can use with your child, okay, um, or yourself, as I say, if it's you, and what changes um, that you need to make, okay, as you continue to, you know, learn more about your youngster or your student or yourself. And also learn about their interests, goals in life, because you want to find something that sparks their interest and make sure you do that as early as possible because what we're going to be doing from that point of view then is using that as part of the teaching uh, materials and resources with teaching the English as a second language to uh, literally link it attached to something they have hyper-focus over, all right? Now, also, it's important if your teacher obviously get to know the parents and guardians, etc. right, okay? Um, you can't give a diagnosis this is not what we're here to do, okay? Even just bringing up a possible idea that you're, you might, you know, that somebody's child might have ADHD can be very hard to do because some parents don't want to think of that, right? Um, we've still got a stigma attached to it. Um, but that's that's really sad, right? Because I said earlier, um, people like myself and others with ADHD can be highly creative, but we just function in a slightly different way. But just because you function in a slightly different way does not mean that it should be we don't talk about it. We try to eradicate this and just pretend this isn't happening and push it under the carpet. Or even worse, try to say that that behavior is something else. Okay. Um, also, it's really important from your point of view, you're a parent and guardian, and you do know your son or daughter or young person has ADHD, that you try to speak to the teacher and educate the teacher if they're not really up to speed on this. Okay. Find a good ally find somebody who can support you and that's a nice word somebody who can understand now often you know you know your child well enough to get some sort of idea of what's going on and then you can give some hints and tips um, to the teacher about a constructive way they might be able to help that child better in class all right even if you don't want to mention adhd you could just talk about that parents evening etc it's also really important to build up a good relationship with the teacher and the school and also vice versa. The teacher and school should do the same. All right. If it's an adult, if it's yourself we're talking about here, then at work, maybe speak to your HR department, your boss, etc. And be careful because obviously some countries you don't have any protection in law, but many other countries there are legal protections that should give you some um, some support at work if you say and you are obviously classed as having a disability. Um, if it has been classified and assessed as such, then you should be able to get some extra support at work okay, to enable you to do your job if that is causing some problems. Now, when we're talking about teaching your youngster English as a second language, the first thing that I do is also to talk through the lesson and lesson stages beforehand. Most um, students and, and adults and youngsters with ADHD need to know what the plan for the day or lesson is. Um, for myself, it's really important um, to know, okay, if I'm going to do something totally new, I like to have worked it out beforehand. That's just the way I work, okay? I like to be sure that I know roughly where I'm going, what I'm going to be doing, and that I can really, okay, handle that situation. It's just helpful to know because sometimes it can be hard to transition, and certainly as a young person, between certain things. So, for example, um, you may have noticed that your young person, okay, 
um, it finds it hard to switch from playing games to then doing something else. Okay, so you might want to give your child a little bit of a warning that you're going to switch certain tasks. Okay, so in five minutes, we're going to get ready for bed, or in five minutes, we're going to clear all this off the table and, and start to make an evening meal, whatever it is. Then give a two minute warning, okay, all right, so that you count them down and they know what to expect and can adjust. Okay, they can prepare, okay, this is going to happen. But if you hit them with stuff out of the blue, or you know, something has to change very dramatically, it can set up overwhelm, which can trigger an absolute meltdown, or you know, in some cases, just an absolute problem to say the least. That looks like acting out behavior and then get criticized as bad behavior, but it's absolutely not in this case, okay? It's just that the brain just goes boom, all right? Um, set things up in a certain way, right? Um, just like athletes, we need a routine to get yourself in the zone. Well, people with ADHD find it easier if things are set up really easy at the beginning, all right? So try, if you're helping your young person to study, and this applies not just English as a second language, but anything, right? Just education from stuff at home, okay? Make sure you've got materials at hand. There's a checklist. Make sure they know what they'll be doing and what they need to get stuff done and just support them to do that, okay? Also, it's really important to have movement. This is where I struggle a lot because certainly in lockdowns and then, of course, you know, having to, before my health really became bad, so I, I don't do long hours. I can't um, these days. Um, but I, you know, sitting for a long time is not good, okay? And we really want to um, have in a situation so that there's lots of movement available, okay? And do it in such a way, if you're a teacher, do it in such a way that, you know, um, there are things that they can do that aren't disruptive to the whole class, right? So that could be things such as, um, you know, sort of fiddling with something under the desk, something non-noisy or uh, rubber bands just, you know, that they can just flick, not at people, okay, but on their wrist, right? Um, other things that can be very helpful are just like stress balls that they can grip or roll around in their hands, Play-Doh, um, anything like that that you can just fidget with, okay, um, because this is part of an issue. This whole sort of sitting still for a long period of time can be kind of a challenge, right? Also try to have, if you're, um, um, you know, working with lots of children, if you're a teacher, them sit with you at the front of the class um, and give instructions in smaller chunks, all right, okay? Um, but it's better to really watch what's going on. If it's too overwhelming for your young person or a student, then try to use a quiet corner for students who like to be to be focused on their work, okay? Um, don't isolate them, but put them with other students who like to focus on their work, and it will actually be helpful to the child or the student with ADHD. The same for yourself, okay? And if you struggle, try to take yourself somewhere where you're around other people equally studying. Um, I mentioned about body doubles in a previous episode on ADHD, and I'm happy to provide that service, where literally you can just connect with me. We don't have to have a session at all. I'm just literally there on a camera. I'm working on my stuff. You're working on your stuff. And it, it shows it actually really helps um, maintain your focus to have somebody who is focusing on their work around you. It's like a mirror and it mimics it. And it does help a lot of people struggling with ADHD to get into that focal zone, which is hard. Um, also, when you think about um, a lot of, of things, um, ADHD students love drawing, doodling, so it's really good to try and give them that opportunity to do a little bit of that as well. Do not chastise your child for doodling and drawing. If it's helping them get the work done, that's fine. Okay, It's just where they're doodling and drawing. If it's on the wall, then clearly that's a problem, right? 
okay um, now when you also think about extra energy okay so if your child at home is, is runs around a lot and we're in a, a classroom for children in a classroom or you yourself okay um, really try to make use of that make use of that energy all right so if if for example your child is running around in the middle of homework right well maybe give them something like i don't know you know a duster and ask them to dust some of the furniture while they're running around the lounge for five minutes and then go back to their work so give them a task to do all right it changes it it gives them a little bit of like just a, a relaxation from the task at hand okay and it is productive it's not negative um, if it's yourself at work and you struggle, then see whether you can go and do something like, you know, run into reception to maybe take some of the post or mail ready for the, the collection mate or whatever it is, um, or offer to go into the warehouse and check out something. Try to change your task, okay? It's really important. I mean, for me, myself, if you're sat coaching for long hours, it's very difficult to get a change of task um, and you are sat. Um, unfortunately, I've tried standing up at the computer, but that's really difficult because I don't have any way to raise the laptop successfully on a steady basis. So, you know, it's not at the right um, eye length and that then is bad for your, your body, your ergonomic posture. But if you can try to stand up a little bit at your desk, trying to standing desk. Um, what I would say to you is just try, okay, to look at the situation not at the behavior try to understand what's going on with your youngster or if you're a teacher then what's happening in your classroom okay because it's not necessarily bad behavior it's something to do with the sensory experience as well um really there's a whole um benefit here to using lots of sensations to help adhd students and yourself sight hearing touch okay so try to think about it use a lot of colors which is with colors visuals um animations you know try to use that mix them up um also if you're going to do vocab but english is a second language do it multiple times and use a bit of a silly sing-song voice try to use the hearing in a different way um also touch right this is really interesting but you can use colored blocks you know with the letters on and stuff for constructing words and sentences um, so try to incorporate that into your, your young person's learning and also picture, picture dictionaries, things like that. Um, use as many things as you can, all right, and really get them involved in all of their senses to help them. Um, as I mentioned, we have an ability to have hyper-focus on stuff that really interests them, right? So this is exceptional for learning and also means that, you know, you can probably actually um, get a real boost out of a, a young store yourself if you pick stuff that you really or they really love okay so try to look at linking things to what they love okay so looking at a song that they like in english or watch a youtube video of their favorite english speaking celebrity um maybe ask them what questions they'd like to ask their favorite superhero try to engage at that level okay and this also allows that child to feel like confident, like, wow, I can actually focus on some things because it really helps them boost their confidence. Because I've noticed with many of the students I've coached in the past and, and adults, and that your confidence can take an absolute kicking. And that is a nice idiom, but not a nice situation, okay? Also, allow extra time for your youngster or if you're a teacher, um, your students to construct their thoughts. Because uh, students with ADHD need a little more time to organize thoughts and compose the complete sentence. So give them enough time to express their ideas. Do not interrupt and complete the sentence for them. It's, it's really important they get there on their own. 
same for you if it's your child or if it's yourself. Ask people, say, well, please, could you just wait? I, I'm, I like to just finish what I'm saying first. So you can do it in a graceful way, but so that you do allow people to just leave you to work it out from yourself, from your own point of view. Um, also, when there's a need for extra time, as I know, um, it can you know, eat into everything, right? Okay, because you need more time sometimes to get through and to process certain thoughts. For myself, because it's uh, linked to the PTSD, sometimes I get stuck as well in certain things I have to do because of the PTSD, including um, the OCD that's linked to the PTSD. So this can take huge amounts of time and energy out of my day, which is a real battle at the moment. Um, so, you know, bear that in mind for, for your youngsters. They may not just have one particular thing happening. There may be other issues, like I'm saying, they're comorbid conditions. So try and find this out, okay? Um, and really, we want to ensure that there is plenty of playtime or some sort of relaxation time. Um, and this is very hard as an adult because when there's bills to be paid and you're not well and you, you know, it's it's a real battle. But as a youngster, it's important that we try and find that way to ensure that they get a good break, okay, from over concentration, um, and uh, they can get outside and enjoy a bit of play and exercise as well. Remember to always focus on on positive reinforcement for the little things that they do. All right, that's really important. Uh, break it into smaller chunks. Same for yourself. If you're struggling with English, break it into smaller. That's why I say ten minute chunks. Right, ten minutes every day for 28 days and then if you want to go to 20 minutes a day or three lots of 10 minutes all right um, also if you like learn 10 new words at once okay um, don't do that introduce just two and then add more into the lesson or into your study time as you go along if you're reading just attempt to give the sentence or paragraph at a time rather than read the entire story. Don't overwhelm yourself or your students or your young person, all right? And give yourself lots of praise if you've completed that. Well done you, all right? And make sure that, you know, your students or your youngster feels good about it if it's them. Um, perhaps reward them with something, you know, depending on the ages here, um, there can be reward charts and things like that, but it's really important for you um, to understand that if you can boost the student's confidence, you will see a direct resulting improvement also in what you're teaching, including in this case, English as a second language. Um, you know, my specialty, I would say, involves working with many students around the world, particularly those who have certain challenges, whether it's mental health challenges, um, depression, anxiety, um, ADHD, simply because I know what it's like myself. And I believe that it does make you a stronger and better coach or tutor in this case, um, if you understand the challenges. So please don't ever feel as though you're alone. Please don't feel that how you think is strange or unusual. It's just different, okay? As, a, as my great uh, life coach, business partner says here, she says, you know, um, broken crayons, they still color just as good last time I checked, right? So they might look a little different, but they still color just as well, all right? And that's important for us to remember. Okay, we all come in different shapes and sizes, but uh, certainly having ADHD should not be the end of the world, but we do have to be supportive of the different ways um, that we help our, our child or ourselves learn in this situation. Um, I'm going to do more podcasts about ADHD because I think it is quite a big topic. Um, I've had a big response to the last one that I did. Um, so do let me know if that's helped you. And um, yeah, we'll do more of these and get into some more specifics of how else you can help yourself at work, uh, if it's a youngster or indeed yourself. All right. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it far and wide. 
And uh, don't forget, if you'd like to sponsor me a cup of coffee to help me keep this work going for free for you, please do. Everything does count really these days. Um, I appreciate you listening and stay safe. Take care. I'll see you soon. Sorry to jump in at the end of your podcast, but I wanted to say a big thank you for listening. And if you love the podcast and would like to help me keep them free, do consider sponsoring me. You can subscribe for as little as 99 cents a month to sponsor a segment. Or if you want to do something as a one-off, you can click the link again in the show notes and buy me a coffee. It's a great way to help me spread this word as far and wide as possible to people like yourself who perhaps can't afford to get high-level English coaching but need to access this information all the same. I really appreciate your help and a big thank you for doing so. Also, if you are somebody looking to get into coaching, maybe you're an English coach or perhaps you are another professional Maybe you're a life coach or you might be a mental health counsellor. Basically, anybody who is in a caring or supportive profession or maybe you, you coach people in different academic subjects, I'd like to feature your podcast on my show and give you a chance to reach my audience. Yes, totally free of charge. All you have to do is follow the links down below in the show notes to find out how you can connect with me and send me your files. I will upload them to the show and you can basically reach my audience and build your own business. There are no catches at all. I'm simply here to offer my platform to help as many other professionals in a related field as myself to reach as many students as we can. And together, I believe we can do a lot better. Thank you for listening again. See you soon.